I'm Liz Corey. And I'm Katie King. And this is True Crime New England. England. Case Profile Edition. Ooh. Episode 2. As you guys most likely know, these are a new series of episodes we are doing, which covers specifically people of color in the New England states. We do this for, I think, a good reason. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, New England is predominantly white, mm -hmm. which is both, you know, a true fact and also very sad. So what we do is try and shed some light on the cases of people of color who maybe don't get as much media attention. Mm -hmm. Liz, I started off telling us about a case last time. Yes. Do you want to do the honors of reading your case first? I, you know, it's funny you asked me that because <laughs> I would actually love that. Amazing. That, it is my greatest honor and pleasure <laughs> to kick us off. And um, so, Katie, I'm going to be telling you about a young man named Juan Espinal. Now, this story takes place in Lawrence, Massachusetts, which Lawrence kind of has a stigma about it mm -hmm. because it is a high crime rate city and it always has been. Mm -hmm. A lot of, um, I'm going to say, quote unquote, like gang activity, that sort of thing. Yes. Um, or at least supposed gang activity and this ties into that okay. um, but it's an interesting story nonetheless so this takes place actually in 2017 so not wow. too long ago yeah um, it's March 8th 2017 and it's like just after 1 a.m. when as it always starts phone calls are coming into the Lawrence Police Department it always starts the same mm -hmm. um, there was reports of shots being fired. Now this is not abnormal for Lawrence, but of course you gotta go check it out if you're a police officer. Um, when the police arrive, it's at the corner of Forest and Crescent Street, they discovered a body laying face down. He was actually like almost in, like on the sidewalk, but like in the road, like, Ugh. yeah. Um, it looked like he had been shot several times at close range with a 40 caliber handgun. Wow. Yeah. The body was identified as 18-year-old Juan Espinal. I know. So young. It was awful. And police automatically assumed this was gang-related because mm -hmm. that's what they do. And they thought it didn't seem random. It seemed like a gang thing. And this is why they thought it was maybe a gang-related crime. Because... On Juan's Facebook page, he had made references to the Crips gang in the past. And um, I wrote, and as if to solidify their racist thinking, a car drove past the crime scene with the windows down, and one of the passengers held up a C, which is the international oh, sign for Crips and also like American Sign Language. I'm just saying. <laughs> But, um, so the police were like, oh, he was definitely, that was, uh, something happened with the Crips. And if you guys don't know, the Crips and the Bloods are the other gangs and oh, they have a rivalry. God, so hardcore. Yes. Um, so they immediately were like, well, it's gang related, you know? Because he, mean, Crips, he mentioned Crips. So, done. Um, they thought he was at least affiliated with the Crips. Okay. And this part made me laugh, like, because of how absurd it is. So 
Juan's friends, like they made him a memorial, mm -hmm. right, for like at his body site. Um, and they lined it, like the stone wall near it, with blue and white memorial, like candles, colors. It was like blue and white. Mm -hmm. And blue and white was the colors of the high school he went to. He actually went to two high schools, Lawrence High School and Methuen High School. He <laughs> attended both of those and their colors were blue and white. But... Did you know that blue was actually the color of the Crips gang? <laughs> so they immediately were like, it's the Crips, it's all, it's all gang, gang stuff, right? Dude. Yeah. So that's, that's immediately what they were assuming, and it's a little ridiculous and kind of racist. Not gonna lie. Wow. Yeah. So immediately after he was discovered, the police chief actually held a conference um, and he actually had federal agents with him, which again, Lawrence has so much crime. I feel like that's not a super common thing that they have. Mm -hmm. um, but basically he threw this conference to ask for help. Um, his name was James Fitzpatrick. He was a police chief for Lawrence and um, his goal was to bring together the local police and federal agents to quote put pressure on the criminal element in the city in order to quote tamp down the violence that has plagued the city quote in recent months so in the past like eight months there were three people who were shot and killed that they thought was gang related including juan so they were like we have a gang problem there's people the gangs are killing everyone so it was like, they immediately were like, they had this conference to say, hey, gang stuff's got to stop, right? In this, comp this press conference, <laughs> Fitzpatrick is actually quoted as saying, quote, either guns or drugs or a combination of both of the two are believed to be the nexus to the homicides. Which maybe some, and it happens, but... I think they're generalizing and discounting a lot of crimes. Right. Like, obviously a gun was involved because he was shot. Right. But it's like, you don't have to just assume that he was dealing on the street. Right. And bringing back income for the Crips. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, maybe do some investigative work before you're like, oh, no, gang-related. Nope. Okay, Crips, closed. Crips. Click, stamp, case <laughs> exactly. closed on the case file next. Like, exactly. No. It's ridiculous. Um, of course, all that being said and summed up, it's unclear if his death was gang-related. Right. There's never been any confirmation that it was, in fact, gang-related. Um, in fact, no suspect or even an idea of what happened has ever been released. So as far as Juan goes, he was described as super loyal and he loved to play basketball. And he was actually known to like go to the park and play and like anytime, like other kids, no matter what age they were, he always was like, yeah, let's play a basketball game. Like, let's, let's hang out, let's do this. He loved basketball. And the saddest part is that his friends at the time of his death said that he was hoping to move out of Lawrence in order to prevent being in that cycle of violence. Wow. Yeah. I know. He was really trying. He was like had a job. He was going to get out. I know. See, that alone makes me think he wasn't in a gang because normally yeah. if you're in a gang, you go to kind of hang out with them because yeah. once you're in, you don't really leave. Yeah. So it sounds like he was trying to avoid all of that. I really think he was. Wow. I know. And there was no, like, information as to contact any mm -hmm. 
buddy or like the police department so that's all i got that's holy shit juan espinal's death and it's the police i feel are looking at it as it through a racist colored lens a little Mm bit so yeah and there wasn't that much info on him of course because it was gang related quote Mm -hmm. shut closed done and the picture that a lot of media outlets used of him it Mm -hmm. was him kind of joking around and he was making a gun with his fingers yeah and so the media was like oh my god look Look at that. And it's like, he's just, he's being silly. He's like he's kid, posing yeah. for an annoying picture. Right. Like, you know how people throw up the peace signs or they throw up, like even people we, we went to high school with. Oh, no yeah. gang relation whatsoever. They no. throw up gang signs. They throw up stupid yes. finger things. Because they like, were rappers or right, whatever. Right, like it doesn't mean anything. Right, right. So the picture we have, I cropped out him doing oh, the gun and good. it's just his nice face. Good. Because he was good. a child. Because, yeah, he was, he just turned 18, I believe. So, I know. So, just to wrap it up, the sources I had for this case profile were the Eagle Tribune and a news station called CNHI. Cool. Katie, what have you got for me? For us. I am going to tell you and our lovely listeners about the unsolved murder of Eldemiro Roman. Okay. My sources for this was WPRI.com. Classic. And that's it. Okay. Also classic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to throw it back to 2008. Okay. April 27th, to be exact. Okay. Edelmiro Roman is just 16 years old. His friends called him Musu, M-U-S-U, just kind of like a fun Aww. nickname. This takes place in Central Falls, Rhode Island. Okay. Kind of similar to yours, Liz. It's Mm -hmm. a teenager. Yeah. The area is not too good. There's Mm -hmm. gang activity in the area. Yeah. So when someone calls for gunshots, again, it really is not unheard of, sadly. This little sweetie was dropping his girlfriend off at home. Yeah. Like the gentleman he was, probably waiting till she got inside. Okay, bye, love you. (laughs) And then he started off on his walk home. Oh, he walked her home? Mm-hmm. That's cute. What a little sweetie. Yeah. And broad daylight. Oh, it's I'm during assuming, the day. I'm assuming after school, or I'm assuming, okay. you know, maybe after a date or something. But yeah, he walked her home. Girlfriend is safe inside. He starts walking home. He was crossing Darling Street along Dexter Street. Mm-hmm. And someone pulled the trigger of a large caliber gun and shot him multiple times in the back. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was a drive-by. It yeah. sounds like it was a drive-by. Yeah. Just kind of a random... Oh. They may have been mistaking him for somebody else. Yeah. There was a lot of gang activity in the area. But in this case, even law enforcement, like the police officer that came and did an investigation, yeah. he said it looked like Edelmiro was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Oh my god. Yeah. So even the police are like, no, this kid had nothing to do with anything. He was literally just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Wow. Yeah. What a difference from mine. I know. Yeah. It's like so similar, but so different. Right. Edelmiro's older sister, her name is Sandy Perez. She maintains that he was not involved in any gang activity. Mm. He was a good kid. Just trying to walk home after getting his girlfriend home safe. Yeah. Wrong place, wrong time. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, 
In an interview, Sandy referred to her little brother as, quote, a little kid with a big heart. Oh. There were several witnesses. It's broad daylight. No one comes forward and says, hey, I saw this color car. Right. Or the car license plate started with a four. No, nothing. Nothing. It's one of those where there are witnesses Mm -hmm. and nobody is saying anything, probably out of fear of gang retaliation, which I mean... If it's that big of a problem in the area, I understand, but also this was not, like, this was a a senseless murder. Like, this kid was murdered. Of a child. He's 16. He's a child. Yeah. His picture, he looks like such a little sweetie. Yeah. It's so awful. Sandy stated, they left me without a brother, my daughter without an uncle, and my older brother without a brother. We all grew up together. They're not going to get away with it. Wow. There's going to be a time, maybe I'm not around, but I know they're going to find out who did it. That gave me chills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <sighs> she is so passionate about just trying to find out who did this, and yeah. she's optimistic that maybe someone will come forward at some point, yeah. but she's also realistic in the fact that maybe no one will come forward because of the whole gang situation. Wow. Yeah. This was a case that was out of the Rhode Island cold case deck of cards. He's the four of hearts on this deck. Oh. Anyone with any information on this case is asked to please call the Rhode Island tip line. Their phone number is 1-877-RI-SOLVE, S-O-L-V-E. Great. And that's it. Good job. That's, you know, a child, mm-hmm. a senseless random shooting. That poor thing. And I bet his girlfriend probably felt really guilty and for no reason, you know? I can't even... Like, like getting a phone call, having to hear, hey, um, your boyfriend didn't make it home after dropping you off. I mean, the poor thing. And so young. A little teenager. Both of ours. I know. Both teenage boys are both shot in the street. I know. I know. And... It's interesting and good that they didn't automatically assume mm-hmm. that it was gang-related. I think that's good in the sense that that's not as racist. Yeah. Because not every person of color is a part of a gang. Right. And you, even if Duh. there's gang-related activity yeah. in the area, not every single person you see on the street is going to be a crip. Right. <laughs> or right. is going to be a blood. Or is going to be yes. the, some fucking local game right like, come on and you know what it also doesn't mean that their death should just be thrown away like why right. can't you find out who did it and put those people in jail right or and whatever. even if it was gang related let's say sure okay yeah maybe this guy was involved in a gang yeah. with your kid yeah. maybe sure maybe, maybe he was a crip maybe he wanted let's to be. just say why do we treat these murders differently if it was gang-related versus... It's still a child that was shot in the street and left for dead. It's true. Like, what? I know. Like, how can you just dismiss, oh, it was a gang Okay, yep, zip him up in a body bag, bye. Right. What? Right. It blows my mind. It's awful. So I, I do feel for both Juan and... Edelmiro. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. for their families because that unanswered and... As, you know, with both of our sources for our stories, no information. Right. Probably because there really is none, which is whatever, but it's because, at least for mine, they just... Right. They're like, well, here's the basics. Obviously, gang, goodbye. And imagine 
you're that person's family member and you're screaming into the void. Mm-hmm. They were not in a gang. They were not involved. In, and they're like, no, we don't. We're not even listening. It's like mm-hmm. talking to a brick wall. We don't care. Typical. Yeah. Like ima- everybody saying, oh, it's gang related. Imagine seeing your loved one who was shot in the street and the media <sighs> post their picture. And that's the picture they choose of him like holding up a gun sign with his fingers being I silly. Know. It's automatically going to make right. him look guilty of being in a gang so and then nobody will feel sympathy right because of that but he obviously deserves sympathy and empathy and all the feelings because he was a young man that was shot and killed for sure in the middle of the night it's terrible so guys that was episode two of our mini episode series our case profiles um so if you guys liked these case profiles and you have maybe one of your own that is local to you or that you know of that um doesn't get a lot of attention because there's not a lot of information and it's a person of color please submit it to us and we will add it to our list and cover it yes for sure and we've had a couple that we wanted to do a mini episode on and we were running into the same fucking issue (laughs) where there was no information, we're yeah. still going to keep up with the Instagram posts yeah. just to, you know, get them out there. Yeah. So if you send us one and it doesn't make a mini episode, it's going to make our Instagram and our website still. Like, we're still yes. going to get them out there in one capacity or another. Yes. So just send them our way and we'll go from there. And if you want us to um, share your name yes. with the submission. Let us know if you want to be anonymous. Also let us know. Cause we will give you a shout out if you send us a case mm-hmm. and we share it. Yes. So thank you guys for listening and we'll see you on Thursday. Yes. Bye. Goodbye.